Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for May 1st, 2022, the third Sunday of Easter. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And Bruce, how are you? I am Eastering along. <laughs> Eastering along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm willing to note uh, for, for all the listeners out there, which is, a, you know, a great... Anyone else. <laughs> a great service service to do to them, I will describe... <laughs> That we're we're wearing like some beautiful Easter pastel colors actually today. Yeah. So, um, uh, so today being a Monday, today being a Monday. So uh, uh, to paint a beautiful auditory <laughs> picture, uh, uh, Bruce has a, a a wonderful spring green uh, shirt on, and I'm uh, I've got I've got kind of more of a, a, a I don't know bunny yellow. I don't know. You know. I think it's pink or pink. What okay. did I say? <laughs> you said yellow. <laughs> Coffee has not kicked in yet. Uh, good to know. I was, was going to ask, how's the going back on caffeine working for you? Um, it's not hitting fast enough. That's what I can tell you. Mm. So, uh, but I, yeah. I, I um, should have bet you what color your shirt is. You know? Right, 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 right. <laughs> Close your eyes. What color is your shirt? So, uh, as far as things going on in the church, if uh, this is releasing on Tuesday, so if it has, if it is not Wednesday yet. Uh, we have our, uh, our, our movies with a social conscience, which is a, uh, um, watch the movie independently. And then the discussion is on Wednesday at seven, seven. Um, it's like a zoom call. Yep. And okay. the links on the website and in the email news, uh, and we're watching 42, the story of Jackie Robinson coming yeah. into the, uh, major leagues and breaking that tremendously racist barrier. It's a, Really good movie. I, I have enjoyed it many times through the years. Yeah. So if if you find yourself listening to this after Wednesday and having missed that, still check out the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, for sure. Uh, we won't have like comments of the group posted or no, anything like that. But uh, we're not going to be that high tech about it. Uh, but but uh, but still uh, there to be uh, enjoyed and appreciated. Yes. Uh, is is that the the end of the series of the movies with the social conscience? I think we, we have... You have one more? What? This is April. Yeah. I, I know we one? have at least a May one. Where, um, I know we're going to take a summer break, but if they've been popular enough, we'll probably resume in the fall. Oh, good. Oh, good, good, good. But when that summer break starts and ends, I'm not sure. Gotcha. But that's the only thing we have going on at the church, right? There's nothing, there's nothing else Nothing else <laughs> on happening? Sundays at 9 a.m., the adult forums talking about uh, <laughs> blessings and sendings. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, we had a, a good time with Blessings them. and sendings. Yes. Uh, you want to... No. No? You just want to leave, <laughs> the, leave, the, leave that as your hook? You got to be there to understand it. Gotcha. No, it's... Um, there's a fast... For a cleric, anyway, like me, there's a fascinating history behind our worship practice of ending Sunday worship with a blessing and then mm -hmm. with a dismissal. And this past Sunday, we talked about some of the history, which is probably the most boring thing we'll do for others. And uh, this coming Sunday and thereafter, we'll be talking about what does it mean? And you know, what are we sent out to do? What mm -hmm. um, blessings are most meaningful at what points in our lives? Things like that. It, it, I, I have to admit, it's a much, much better, much more popular way to end the church service than the blessings and curses yes. uh, <laughs> uh, approach that we took uh, a couple of weeks ago. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Though, go uh, forth, thanks be to God. And if you don't, <laughs> a pox upon your house. May, may this and more happen to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
but you do get extra credit for that biblical reference. Ah, good, 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 good. See, I pay attention yeah. every now and again. Um, anything else uh, going on? I mean, we, I know we have our 8 and 10 service on Sunday mornings. Uh, this Saturday, we have our men's breakfast for mm-hmm. any males in the parish, friends, family, anyone who just wants to see what Holy Family is about. Very, Very welcome to be there. There'll be deliciousness of food, and I'll offer a little 20-minute um, meditation type thing. And most of all, it's just getting together and enjoying <laughs> each other's company. Bacon. Bacon bacon, and, and, bacon and, and bacon and bros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a new title. You're welcome. That one's free. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, and lots. There, there are more, so uh, more, more things. Uh, there, there's plenty of things on the horizon uh, that are starting to be something every week. Yeah. So just, um, yeah, I believe keep there's an eye a, on the website. I, I think there's a flower sale May seventh uh, on May seventh. So that's a week from Saturday. Yep, that's coming up. Uh, there's, there's things like I think there's the uh, the uh, youth group uh, uh, spaghetti, spaghetti supper. supper event that's that's uh, later on in May. There's lots of things. I think like, it's the following week, but I'm not positive. I was going to say the 20-something. I, I know we had to but, shift it around. Anyway. Yeah, but it, it, it is. They will be promoted at, on, on uh, future, podcasts. future podcasts for sure. But as all well that information. Real life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but all that information is on the website, holyfamilyfishers.org. Uh, if you're, right now and up to date. If you're not like me and you actually plan ahead, uh, <laughs> that's where you want to go. Uh, or, and you can also go to the parish uh, Facebook page. Oh, that's true. And there you can click on going and then get a nice little reminder that hey today's the day well let's uh let's do today in church history uh may 1st in church history and 1532 uh we see the arrest of maria Cazala in toledo spain accused her crime of lutheranism (laughs) her trial will drag on for years and include torture (laughs) golly (laughs) good morning (laughs) Yeah, um, uh, not. It struck me as I as I as I saved this one of like I actually do want to bring this up. I, not entirely like the Lutherans. Uh, um, I mean, there's always been uh, a a historical uh, you're not on the correct side of religious thought kind of thing among humans in I, any tradition. Yeah, not. I mean, Lutheranism is like in my mind always been like one of those is like oh nobody what year was it 1532 yeah that's when it was hot and heavy was it hot and okay um and it that was that was when it was um still a direct in the face attack on the roman catholic church and practices gotcha so there really um intense criticism of the clergy for selling indulgences and things like that. Mm, okay. So you ran afoul of the establishment. They would torture you till <laughs> they could win the trial. Interesting. Uh, we zoom forward a couple hundred years here to uh, 1727, where we see the death in Paris of Francois de Paris, a saintly Jansenist. Uh, extraordinary miracles... This I wish this would go on like a lot longer yeah. because they don't go into it nearly enough. Extraordinary miracles will occur at his tomb. Louis Basile Carré de Montageron, very a good conciliar au Parlement, uh, who was originally a skeptic, will fill three volumes of claims 
with the certified proofs of the miracles. Wow. I've, and I've never heard any, but if, if you're, if one of your skeptics writes three, a three volume, uh, you know, detailing of the miracles that occur at your tomb, why have I not heard this before? That's interesting. I was going to say, I wonder what his publisher's advance was. Right, right. <laughs> Um, yeah, first volume did well. So we're right. Right <laughs> uh, 1883, uh, Anton Rubinstein's sacred opera, The Tower of Babel, is given in Boston by the Handel and Haydn Society. A beautiful piece, if you have a moment to, mm-hmm. uh, to listen. If you're an opera fan, if you're not an opera fan, it probably won't scratch an itch for you, but uh, but if you if you have a a, a taste well, for there, the dramatic, yeah, there's so many musical music services now that you can listen to anything without any cost. Yeah, might as well give it a try. Yeah, give it a try. It it is beautiful. I like that piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1893, we see Measures Against Stundists, which is a term that I'm not uh, familiar with. But then they put in uh, parent uh, parentheses. Baptists. Oh, so I'm not sure. So I get this is apparently Russian, a Russian term. Stundists are, are set to go into effect. So these are measures against the Baptists in uh, Tsarist Russia. Yeah. Uh, this includes taking their children, placing them in care of the Russian Orthodox Church and, and its believers, identifying them as sectarians on their passports, prohibiting them from operating schools for their children, limiting their hire, and forbidding them burial in sacred ground whoa well and unfortunately it's somewhat coming back today but it's not that extreme where the eastern orthodox the russian orthodox church Mm -hmm. more accurate the russian orthodox church um and the state now it's uh putin but back then it was the czar walk hand in hand and support each other's uh, authority and power and one of the ways you enforce your authority is knocking down anyone threatening it, including other denominations. Yeah, uh, yeah. I have to admit the 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 process of taking their kids and putting yeah. them in the homes of churchgoers uh, of the pro, the preferred churchgoers. Well, it was better than some. I, I suppose, that have happened but to children through the years, because I was thinking of. Um, the not by much Indian, <laughs> the Indian schools oh in yeah North America yeah. Canada and the US that kidnapped the children and tried to make them white people uh, yeah 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 we're white Christians yeah specifically. yeah we we don't have the greatest track record ourselves that's right so uh, and it was around the same time all very terrible yep all, uh, uh, none of, good morning and, uh, good morning yes. <laughs> Uh, 1939, Theodore Epp launches the Back to the Bible broadcast in Lincoln, Nebraska. Whoa. <laughs> no? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it's not our brand, but... <laughs> I think it was one of those fishy ones. Yeah. I've heard... I've actually heard of this broadcast, but... I, I have, too. I've never listened to and it. And I don't want to paint it with a inaccurate brush, so I'll just leave it at... There you go. I'm suspicious... <clears throat> I've heard, I have heard. It I mean, it's 1939. I'm suspicious of almost anything that yeah that comes before I was able to you know dip my own toe in the water <laughs> of it. So, um, we have we have progressed a, a fair amount in just in those 80 years. Um, 1942, Archbishop Edward Mooney 
the new leader of the Catholic Church in Detroit, instructs Father Charles Coughlin to cease all non-pastoral activities on pain of being defrocked. Mm-hmm. Coughlin, a pop- popular radio broadcaster and an ardent supporter of Roosevelt and the New Deal, had increasingly sided with German socialism uh, and attacked Jews and communists in his radio broadcast. Yeah, he was, I'll just say it, he was a Nazi. Mm-hmm. And they did put it in in, in parentheses. <laughs> yeah, Nazism. <laughs> yeah, and you'd find he was immensely popular in terms of ratings. I don't know if they technically had rate called him that back in that era of radio, but yeah, he was it. He was dangerous. Yeah, and I, I, uh, um, created all sorts of um, violent taking, acts against American Jews. Yeah, taking shock jock to a, a very different yeah. level uh, for sure. Um, and, and it's interesting, you can kind of almost, you can draw a very direct tie to some of that sentiment into uh, uh, the the anti-communist movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting how, like, the sentiment kind of, you know, either either dropped the Nazism aspect of it or, like, let it, like, hide a little bit further in the background. But, yeah, well, and they're like, oh, okay, so now it's the, it's the communists that we all agree that nobody likes? Okay, well, then we'll focus on that part. Well, and many of the people who were falsely accused of being communists were Jewish. Yeah. In the yeah. McCarthy times. No, so. that was just happenstantial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, coincidence. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure. So he was a very, very bad man. Yeah. And, and one of the direct consequences of his horrible radio broadcasts were the U.S. not taking in Jewish refugees when they were trying to escape con- the um, trains to the concentration camps. Oh, really? That we literally turned ships away full of people looking for a country. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Well, I didn't have a good one. No, you don't have any happy ones. <laughs> no, there wasn't any one good one to, to end on. I mean, I can... Well, thank um... goodness we have the bible to talk about yeah nothing bad ever happens there (laughs) um let's move to our first reading uh uh for the week which like last week uh we actually find ourselves in the book of acts Mm -hmm. instead of an old testament reading so uh the book of acts chapter 9 verses 1 through 6 and then an optional 7 through 20 so you know i'm going to do the optional readings as well um meanwhile saul Still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for the letters for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that he so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice, but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and the house of Judas. Look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying. 
and he will has seen a vision in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for if, if for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel, I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you might may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. Um, so background story about Saul. I'm not sure if uh, how much text we have in the book of Acts prior to this reading in, in chapter 9. The foreshadowing is um, <coughs> me. Saul being described as um, holding the cloaks as... Mm. Stephen is being stoned to death for being a follower of the way. Mm -hmm. And part of the foreshadowing is uh, St. Stephen uh, echoing Jesus's words from the cross about forgiving these people. Gotcha. And so the way one commentator put it is here is um, Saul soon to become soon to be called Paul um, cashing in that chip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the 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 sentiment that's going on here. I mean, narratively, we have uh, the author of Acts is the author of Luke. So uh, uh, narratively, we have the Gospel of Luke, uh, all the occurrences, the death, the resurrection, and then we get into uh, the Book of Acts. Mm -hmm. uh, and so narratively, we have a risen Christ. We have. Uh, um, some anti-Jesus uh, sentiment uh, going into the, the the death and crucifixion uh, because he's challenging kind of authority yeah. and power. So is Saul like part of that group of of chief? It, it looks like he's he's too young to have been that powerful. Gotcha. But he's 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 a part climber. of that crowd yeah. of. And he's Followers. A, he's a he's a Pharisee. He's uh -huh. a climber within that system, um, in a sense. Um, as he writes in some of his letters, uh, giving his credentials mm -hmm. of how learned he is and how much time he put into um, being an, a highly accomplished Pharisee, even to the extent of being willing to travel over a hundred miles to persecute <clears throat> followers of the way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he. There was a reason he had to do all that because he was not yet high up. Gotcha. And and it's his career track. It is interesting to me. I mean, it uh, it's 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 written in such a way. The way uh, is 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 actually a new is is a rel is, is it a relatively new term because it's it, it stands out in modern translations as this is the, it, the book of Acts is where we first see this as like kind of like a identified well, as a group of 
people or a, yeah, a specific. It's, it's, it's the first time it's um, that followers of Christ, Book of Acts, is the first time the followers of Christ are identified as a group, mm-hmm. um, uh, not including the descriptions in the Gospels of disciples and apostles. Gotcha. Um, so this, this it's an expanded group when the way is used. And because it's such a generic term, um, we aren't sure when it becomes, in a sense, a proper noun. Right. Um, since you know, many people can easily remember Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, mm-hmm. um, it, it would work to say, okay, that's the same meaning. Gotcha. That if you're a follower of Christ, you are Jesus in this world. Yeah. So on the timeline, though, it seems like the the organized persecution of these people would have kind of formulated right around the the death of uh, the, the the crucifixion of Jesus. Then, because it doesn't feel like those people are being hunted. Like I think there's it, it, narratively speaking, at least from the, the the Gospel of Luke, it feels like there's growing like ah, i don't know about this jesus right. guy um but it doesn't you don't get the feeling like there's a, an organized hunt for right and his followers and even in this <laughs> even in this story that's that's not really evident it's easy to read into it because of our preconceptions but <coughs> mm-hmm. um Saul yeah. couldn't just say, hey, I'm going to Damascus and persecute followers of the way. And everyone go, yeah, of course we are. Instead, he needed paperwork. Right. And right. Um, it's, we know historically from other sources that during this time, there were many, many communities where, the, where Jews and followers of the way worshiped together and friends, family, work. Um, you know, they were part of the same community. Yeah. And so someone like Saul was a bit of an outlier mm, mm. and reactionary um, when it, it really looks like that the majority of Jews were like, okay, yeah, you're, you have a slightly different interpretation of this, that, or the other thing, but we're used to that. Yeah. Um, you know, see you next Sabbath. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess from, you know, just, just thinking about how the, 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 Events in the book of Acts take place. Uh, these are a matter of days, weeks, the the, the entire book uh, uh, following the gospel of Luke. It's not yeah, like it starts up. It's yeah. not like, two, you know, for the next two years. So it right. kind of does paint the picture of like things did move quick. Well, yeah, there was it, like uh, the, the arrest and, and, and crucifixion of, of Jesus. And it seems like they the, the, the same group of people who are who kind of helped uh, uh, organize that or were part of that we're like yeah that's not enough though we gotta root out the rest of the problem now that we now that we got him we gotta we gotta continue well we aren't sure about that part but you're you're right the book of acts starts with the um, ascension of Jesus mm-hmm. um, on what we now call Ascension day which is how the gospel of Luke ended so mm-hmm. it's it, that's the little catch-up piece that acts provides but it's not clear at all within the scripture whether anyone who was involved with Jesus's death cared anymore. 
Gotcha. <clears throat> okay, problem solved. Um, right. That, that movement is squashed. Um, since every other leader of Jewish people that we have killed, speaking as Romans, those movements died out soon after. John the Baptist, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And the blooming of the movement um, of the way was a huge surprise to everyone who was aware of what was going on. Right. The other dynamic here also to keep in mind is that Saul was a Roman citizen. Okay. So yeah. another part of his career track would be, oh, Romans don't like followers of the way. I'll be a friend of the Romans by killing them or persecuting them technically. Right. Um, so it's it's not even clear if the Jewish leaders cared anymore. Gotcha. But, but the Romans, the Romans certainly would continue to keep their um, eyes open about what was happening with that way movement, particularly as it spread beyond Israel. Gotcha. And Damascus is beyond Israel. So the the the, the beginning part of this reading is it was more I don't know perfunctory I, I suppose going to the high priest and and like asking for uh the le for letters to the synagogues at damascus yeah. and like just you know this is what i want and, I, and 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 i've heard more than one church contemporary church official contemporary with us say that's exactly what you would do with someone you didn't want around yeah oh you want yeah that, was, damascus is 130 miles from jerusalem okay so it's like, yeah paul <laughs> or saul yeah that's a great idea. <laughs> Maybe I'll see you at God. Passover. Yeah. God get be with you. <laughs> I, I get three, at least three weeks. Well, more than that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you walk that far, you're going to hang out there a while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was a way of getting him out of town. Um, and, let, and let's also uh, pay some attention here to uh, the stand. Like this is a tried and true great idea that, that uh god god incarnate uses here mm -hmm. uh you take one of your greatest critics yeah and you turn them into you know your poster child for conversion yeah for 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 whatever so yeah, yeah. um uh what a what a uh what what a great approach to things uh uh always uh always a, a um Always a winner. Always a winner. If you if you manage to pull it off, always a always well, a winner. And it specifically <coughs> um, reminds us of the call of Moses, where mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, like Saul, Moses was known as a criminal, as in right um, someone who had killed people, a person, and so was in Moses's case, he was virtually exiled from his community yeah and here's Saul sent out of Israel yeah bye don't you know, don't rush back right and similar thing of um light and voice and the receiver of the voice saying who are you yeah and getting answered and um with a certain reluctance about accepting the call yeah yeah and uh and and, and another uh one one of a handful, but a uh, uh, few examples in the Bible where um, God's intervention uh, fully changes the person to the point where they get a new name. Um, we get uh, actually that's really common. 
Is it really, really common? Because I can think of like four. I didn't say really, really. <laughs> I said really. I can think of four, I can think of like three or four. Well, there, let's see. There's, there's there, Abram to Abraham. Abraham. There's um, Jacob to Israel. Yep. There's um, and I kind of count Sarah to Sarah. Sarah yeah. Sarah to Sarah. Those names were changed. Uh, as Simon was. That was kind of a dual. Yeah. You know. Same occasion. Uh, Simon became Peter of the Apostles. Oh, I didn't even think. Of, I, I I always thought I I didn't think of that as a necessarily a name change. Yeah, Jesus was very explicit. You're now because Peter means rock. Oh, okay, okay. And so it's you will now yeah, be yeah, known yeah. as the rock. I wasn't thinking which, of that one. I was I, for some odd reason I was thinking that was like a no nickname for him, like mm-hmm. just kind of like the oh yeah, you're also called the twin. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's easy. Okay, that's, that's easy to do. So yeah, name changing was. Uh, Again, I won't say really, really, but one really common. Didn't happen to Moses, that's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> didn't happen to Moses, didn't happen to Elijah. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, he didn't do it all. God didn't do it all the time. <laughs> uh, but when it does happen, you know it's a biggie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it does represent a fundamental shift of some sort. Like yeah, a, like a tectonic plate kind yeah. of moving. Um but uh, but yeah, what what a what in a way, uh, what choice does Saul have? <laughs> well, the th- I mean, quite a bit. I mean that that's one of the great philosophical, theological, spiritual questions: is how many people said no before any particular event, any particular call event, Mary, the, Mary the Virgin. Um, etc. How many young women did Gabriel have to visit before one would yeah. say, "Yes, I'll do this"? And there might have been others that Jesus appeared to and say, "You're persecuting me, but now I want you to follow me." And they might have said, eh, "No, I, I like my gig. I you know, this isn't enough proof for me to change my life." Uh, well, I will point out though, in the story, Saul doesn't agreed anything yes that's right that's right saul is blinded (laughs) which is like unlike the visit from gabriel like if he would have like uh the story goes like and mary couldn't move (laughs) stuck still in one place until you know the rest of he was hit with a hammer (laughs) he was was either going to play ball or be blind be taken out of the picture and in a sense good luck finding the way now (laughs) I never okay. You you made me think about it in a new way, and that I, I'll be blunt. I like that approach because if he was blind, it would be much much more difficult for him to continue to persecute and torture people. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, you know, you you have the choice of maintaining your life. You won't. I won't let you keep doing evil things to people on that level. Yeah. But you can. You know, go back and be a good scholar of the Talmud um, and a Roman lackey mm-hmm. or, or follow my directions. and Or you could it. recognize the awesome power that I'm demonstrating right here, right yes. now, and uh, uh, get up, get and healed by Ananias, and then wait for further instruction. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it, it, it is kind of, and I guess that's the approach that I'm, I'm taking mm-hmm. on it, which is like, if, if I were you know, struck down, uh, uh, blinded on the road, a voice calling to me, uh, 
stating very specifically what I'm doing wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hey, you're personally attacking me and I don't like it. And then, you know, I'm going to leave you alone for three days with your thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Note to to three days. Yeah. Yeah. Time, time to, time to to concern. uh, Yeah. To discern a little bit about what's going on. Then see how your life is resurrected. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I like that too. The the three day yeah. re- resurrection kind of a tie in cycle. But yeah, it's it's uh, like I I I may not have turned out as ardent of a supporter as uh, Saul became in his life as Paul, uh, because that is a that is more than a one eighty. That is, I mean, well, not really. that's like a one eighty with you know nitrous boost. You know, it's well, but remember Paul. How should I put it? Um, Paul was was a Pharisee. He was a Roman citizen. He had been doing all these things to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And he just turned that same energy 180 degrees and went for being a Christian missionary. Right. But I I guess my point was, like, uh, it wasn't just, like, turning around and going the opposite direction. Uh, I think you're. I think you're point, pointing the same thing. He yeah. did it with the same vehemence that he was going yes, in the opposite exactly direction. So not just like okay, okay, I'll stop. I would be. I might be tempted to be like hide in a corner and yeah, be like, I'll, okay, I'll all right, hang out in the mask. The risen the Jesus is Lord. I recognize <laughs> that. I'm terrified of him. I'm just gonna stay here. Yeah. Uh, hide under this blanket for the rest of my life. I'm very humbled, and my life is over. Uh, <laughs> like, like I, I, I could see myself making yeah that call. Uh, he what definitely. A lot of people do. Yeah, and I think I think there would be an argument that uh, his efforts after he became Paul were more ambitious. Uh, like he he accomplished quite a lot, yes. uh, and may have been more zealous after the name change. After could the, be well, and because now he could be energized by God, not just his ego. Right. Right. Uh, so, uh, which in a way is, is again, an interesting aspect of that choice of, yeah. of why maybe God chose him. Like, look, mm-hmm. you've got a lot of energy. If you just put that in the right direction, mm-hmm. this guy could be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is why God does not, uh, um, ask us for our opinions before right. he, <laughs> a decision is made because human people would have been like, you don't want this guy, dude. Well, I... <laughs> Okay, my completely irreverent, it's not completely, semi-irreverent thought is going back to the the stage set of heaven that's in the book of Job, Mm -hmm. where the tempter is, are you crazy, God? Right. (laughs) You really think this guy's capable of that? Yeah. (laughs) And God's like, yep, and here we go. (laughs) Let's see what happens. Goodness. Anything else about this uh, reading from uh, Acts? Well, uh, obviously, other than why is the why is the street called Straight? Is there a is it real? There really was a name called a street called Straight, and it was the main east west highway of the Roman Empire. It does beg the question: Is the, what's the name of the other streets? This Inky, one. This one's <laughs> curved. <laughs> curved street. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah. Rounded Boulevard. Romans were famous for their, still are, for their fantastic roads. And mm-hmm. so that was a huge compliment to it. It is interesting, though, that, I, that it, makes, it makes me think of um, the readings that we have from the book of Isaiah about yeah. returning back home and the ways being made straight. 
Right. Um, uh, and it very well. I don't know if that's that. a. Luke said, oh, I'm, I could use that. Dude. Right, right. <laughs> I'm going to use that in a sermon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll, okay, I'll write it down. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says it can't be in both. Um, well, let's move on to Psalm. Psalm 30 yeah. uh, today. I will extol, extol, goodness, I can't even say it. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought up my soul from Sheol, restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night. But joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you have established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Um, it reads, you know, I think it's, I couldn't, let me know if I'm wrong. It reads as a prayer. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, but unlike some of the other prayer psalms, which are a little bit more general of like, you know, the yeah. Lord renews me and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This, this seems like it's written by a very specific person. Yes. Maybe even for a very specific time. Yes. So, we who? don't know. <laughs> All right. So but... our gospel reading. <laughs> <laughs> but we do know that it was a, it was a top hit by 138 um, BC, because we know that Judas Maccabeus, or I'm sorry, 164 BC, um, sang it at the <clears throat> temple for what we now call the Feast of Hanukkah. Okay. You know, the, the oil lasting and lasting and lasting. So it was it it was written as an individual, um, individual's prayer, Thanksgiving, etc., and. I'm not sure how quickly, since we don't know how, when it was written, but it did, um, long before the birth of Jesus, become a corporate um, song of deliverance and thanksgiving. Okay. Um, so the references to the pit I seem like Roman Colosseum-esque uh, to me. Oh, okay. I'm glad you asked that. Uh, is, is, it, uh, is it hell? No. Is it? Okay. Though... <laughs> Full disclosure, there are some um, conservative Christians who think it is. I'm sure. But <laughs> there are some Christians who think anything. Then name out. a thing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get it. I get it. Um, but it's um, instead just a place of where dead people hang out. Well, that's a. Interesting ways to phrase it. What do you mean by dead people hang out? Well, it's an er it is an early enough psalm that the concepts of eternal life were still uh, ragged. 
Okay. We're not fully worked out. But there was a sense of existence beyond this world, you know, uh-huh. existence beyond death, but a theology of heaven which would not yet uh, be present. It was by the time of the Maccabees, but at this point, it, it was one of those things that is still true for a minority of Jews today. Most Jews believe in an afterlife of heaven, um, uh, that what happened when we die has to be a part of holding faith. Okay. That if we are living our lives with the expectation that we're winning a heavenly reward with endless M&Ms or whatever it is that would be heaven, right? then we're not living a life of faith. Mm. So the best thing to do for our souls is to just know God takes care of us. We don't know what it, how. Gotcha. Uh, and that there is existence. Um, so it doesn't yet have the, the labeling that we'll get within the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament of paradise. Mm. Instead, the, the pit is considered a neutral term. Okay. Okay. So uh, do, what do we know about Sheol? What is essentially it's the same thing. It's this is the poetic repeating. Oh, okay, okay. So the way you're describing it to me uh makes me makes me then think that it's a uh, burial practices at that point in time were to preserve, you know, in, in part to preserve kind of that afterlife, you know, body, right? I mean that yeah. was was that not still around of like a of of uh, that actually, proper care of your... It was not to preserve for the afterlife. It was more just a respect for God's, for God who created this being uh-huh. when the being lived um, and uh, a, a mourning okay. um, approach. Well, then I was building the wrong image then uh, yeah, a it, second time. It, that, <laughs> the preserving the body is really... Um, a, I almost said the way thing, a Christian thing. Okay. Within Judaism, they were very, <laughs> this in retrospect, it's extremely practical where people, as we know, as we hear about um, Good Friday, people who died were um, laid in a tomb, um, wrapped fairly simply. And what we don't hear in the New Testament stories is, Roughly a year later, sometimes longer, depending on the literally on the climate, um, the tomb would be reopened. The uh, bones would be gathered and placed elsewhere within the tomb, so that it was ready for the next person who died. Gotcha. And so, what was in the bones? Sometimes, if the person was wealthy enough, the bones were placed in a bone-sized box, so it didn't have to be very big, uh-huh. um, like two or three shoe boxes, I'd say. Well, maybe four. Um, and if a person was um, not wealthy enough to have a box, their bones would be placed on a shelf. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, I won't go down the rabbit hole that I was building for myself <laughs> then. Um, then, then w- what else do we know about this psalm? You said that it was sung uh, uh, about, what did you say, 150 years AD, 156? BC. Or, oh, oh, BC. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that was like 
when it first came into prominence, probably, and then gathered as part of the, these it, writings? It was or? already in prominence at that point. Mm. But we, we know through <sighs> records the Maccabees left mm. that this was what was um, sung in the temple for the Feast of Hanukkah, huh. which at that point was simply the Feast of Dedication. Right, right. And an in, interesting choice too, because it says it's pondering. Uh, you know, you're you're essentially pondering how you die and and the value of your life. And yeah. Um. But uh, uh, turned my mourning into dancing. You've taken my sackcloth, uh, taken off my sackcloth, and clothed me with joy. Um. Do we know anything else about the psalm? Do you have any other things you want to point out? Um. Interestingly, the um, divine names used in the psalm are the Lord and God. Uh-huh. And this was a part of Hebrew poetry and symbolic writing was um, each letter was assigned a number. And those, the Lord and God, add those together and adds up to 12. Okay. And so... That was the um, signal that this was to be a universal psalm for all the 12 tribes of Israel. Oh. That this, even though it's written as um, in a first person for the most part, huh. um, it's for everybody. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's fun. Yeah, that's building that kind of thing into your writing is, is kind of crazy cool. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> we don't do that anymore. Um, well, let's move on to our gospel reading. Yeah. We're reading uh, today from the book of John, chapter 21, verse 1 through 19. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, have you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were, and though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and said, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus had appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, 
you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. And a second time, he said to him, Jesus, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. True, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grew old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. Um, so we see another fishing story here. Right. Unlike uh, the uh, one of the other ones uh, where the nets begin to break because they catch so many. Uh, this is, uh, this is different. They, mm -hmm. they capture a very specific amount. Yes. Um, uh, and, and, uh, uh, none of the fish escape. The nets don't break. And right. They, they, uh, it's a, it's a good haul for them as they eat breakfast. <clears throat> uh, not sure what is, what prompts a man to fish at night naked, uh, but no man likes to do laundry. I suppose <laughs> I'm being sexy. But the last thing uh, I would want is to catch fish and just be nude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, okay. The you got to think about the technology they're using, where they're they they're in a in a good sized boat, and it's it's big enough that us that. A, a decent filled net can be pulled into the boat and then the boat rode to shore or sailed to shore if they have the wind right. And then the net removed and the fish sorted. Mm. So you don't do anything real nasty while you're out on the water. Gotcha. You know, you're not cleaning fish. You're not using hooks. Mm -hmm. um, but, and so the big thing was literally to save your clothing because these were poor people. And so, um, you know, they wore their worst. <laughs> There's also, though, the distinct possibility that this is symbolic, mm -hmm. that Peter is naked as in vulnerable to God. Gotcha. God can see all, as always, and this is symbolized by Peter's nakedness. Okay, okay. So he's not just gross. Right. I mean... <laughs> Maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know this man. Uh, um, okay, okay. The uh, the interesting thing here. Uh, hold on one second. Well, also the other thing to know is Peter put on his clothes because even though it was a, it was socially acceptable to do heavy labor or athletic athletic things naked you never had a social encounter naked within judaism it was okay for greeks and romans mm -hmm. but um so peter was making himself decent by getting dressed before diving into the water gotcha okay so that that was not just that wasn't just a <laughs> oh it's jesus i have no idea what i'm doing <laughs> yeah it's a, it it does it 
that creates a bit of a question though, because in narratively it starts off saying they didn't know it was Jesus. Right. But then when the beloved disciple says it's Jesus. That's, oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's the Lord. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, well then I better put on some clothes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, yeah. Gotcha. It's almost, okay. It's almost the ultimate anxiety dream of God was there and I looked down and I wasn't wearing pants. <laughs> so yeah. Pull them up. Yeah. yeah. Now you have on. direct correlation with knowing how Adam felt. Yeah. There you and, go. Yeah. That could be part of it too. Yeah. Could be. Uh, so he jumps off. Uh, it, by the way, it does not, again, narratively speaking, just to paint the picture for, for the reader, uh, they start, they can't haul in these fish, right? He leaves the rest of the disciples, (laughs) right? (laughs) With, with with a catch, they can't, they can't, they already can't contain and like, forget it. (laughs) Bye. Uh, heads off. I'm going to get the first autograph. I guess, I guess the point of, of the way that the story is written, um, they're not very far off from yeah. the shore. So it's easy enough to like, you, you, you don't haul it into the boat. You just, you just bring it ashore and then, yeah. and, and pull it up onto the sand, beach them there and, yeah. uh, wash them off later. And, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of, um, but then we have this interaction, uh, which is the, the resolving, um, uh, story story thread for Peter yeah. of he denied him three times and Jesus does this uh, this uh, asking him three times question uh, for in in my mind I'm sure uh, you know as as it's written Peter's hurt by it uh, yeah it, it's it's pretty pointed yeah uh, but in my mind I like the, the the way that this is done because I think this is Jesus saying. It's okay. Yeah. I know you love me. Mm-hmm. And this is your absolution kind of for the, the, the time right. where you panicked mm-hmm. and you reacted and you did something that I know is what was at the time instinctual and you're just trying to avoid things. But I know. Just trying to survive. I know your heart. Yeah. And um, now I, I am curious to know in verse 15 when he says, do you love me more than these? Is he asking, do you love me more than these other people who are here? Or do you love me more than they love me? Does that make sense? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, do you love me the most? Right. Yeah. And in a, yes. And both can work and both make sense. Mm-hmm. Because part of the challenge of Christian leadership is being faithful to God more than the people you're leading, even as you love the people you're leading. Yeah. That, you know, you, you know so-and-so would love to do such-and-such, and they think it would make them so happy, but you know that's not the best thing for that person. So you have to find a way of gently saying, no, that's, that's not your thing. So (laughs) in this way, it really is with that single pun, a very good lesson for Peter as the first top leader of, of Christianity of the task he faces. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it, it, it is interesting, too. We get this little bit of narrative uh, uh, additive from the author in this parenthetical uh, phrase. Obviously not parenthetical at the time of writing, but we, we put it uh, as modern translators in parenth parenthetical phrase. Uh, he said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. Ta speaking of Peter. Yeah. Uh, which is... Uh, um, tells you that uh, enough enough time has passed and enough is known about the life and death of Peter right uh, that the author is able to connect it connect the thread of Just, like I remember this story or or so and so remembers yeah. the story and that had to have been right what God was talking about right <clears throat> which automatically my skeptic brain go first goes to yeah but is it <laughs> is it? <laughs> And so I, I want to pose that question, I suppose. Uh, so, so here's here's the the, the phrase that, it, that that precedes it. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. And the author translates that as you're going to be persecuted and die for it. Right. I don't necessarily see that thread, yeah. but I think I'd have to like sit with the, the, the way it's written and think about what else it could, could maybe say. Right. Um, and you're completely right that John, the gospel of John was written after Peter's death. And so part of it is anyone hearing it, or reading it would be going, oh yeah, yeah, we know how Peter died, right? Um, so of course that's what it has to refer to. It you know, he didn't get to be old very long, um, right? So it's it's a, a lot of it is simply that. One of the interesting things um, I'm just going to throw this in here at this moment that last week we talked about how the chapter before this chapter 20 ended with an ending. And then there's chapter 21. Right. Um, just to reassure people, the you know, scholars, of course, have been discussing this for centuries. And repeatedly, the consensus is that the, the vocabulary, the grammar, in other words, the style, is identical with the rest of the gospel. So, in a sense, well, um, Gospel of John 1.0, yeah, ended with chapter 20. Gospel of John 1.3 update has the added chapter. Right. Um, so it's same author. Oh, wait. Yeah, this is really important. And one of the interesting things, um, and maybe we get it next week. I haven't checked. Uh, we may get the rest of this chapter, is chapter 21 also has as a prime concern the relationship between Peter and the beloved disciple. Mm -hmm. And throughout the Gospel of John, the beloved disciple is um, one of the always good guys. And so there's a, a quite a strong assumption that the beloved disciple perhaps was the founder of the community that produced the Gospel of John. But they had to deal with Peter being the head bishop mm -hmm. of the way. And so this way, by having chapter 21... It um, instructed the congregation of the Gospel of John to respect the authority of the head bishop 
even though it's not in the lineage of the beloved disciple. Mm. Uh, that's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm also struck by one other thing that that will will take us out a little bit of uh, the the mindset of gospel reading and interpretation, uh -huh. but. Uh, this interaction, this three-time yeah. ask between Jesus and, and Simon Peter reminds me a little bit of a, uh, the one scene in um, Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. Where the, the where, where Tevia is talking mm -hmm. to his wife and the song is, Do you love yeah. me? Oh, yeah. And and do you remember, uh, do you remember how that song es essentially ends? No, I remember the in between. I do this, I do that, I do yeah. this. But I don't remember how it ends. Oh, does it end with "Yes, I love you"? Yeah. Then I love you. Yeah. I suppose I do. Oh, yeah. He goes. He goes yeah. Then you love me. <laughs> I suppose I do. I suppose I love you too. Mm -hmm. uh, and for me, that's kind of, for me, that's where I'm going with the verse 18 interpretation of, hey, when you were younger, you mm. get to choose. What you do, where you go, what you say, but when you become old, and I know, I know, there's definitely a, a, an aspect of like you're no longer in control. But I'm a, I'm choosing in this moment to interpret mm -hmm. it a little bit more along the lines of your pathway set. Of like you, mm -hmm. you have expressed love for me, and the way forward for you is already known. The belt, the the belt is yes. tied around your waist, and and this path leads where it goes. Yeah, and I agree with. I think that's a completely legitimate interpretation. The only thing I would add is that is the terminology. I don't think the path is set, but the path is there, and mm -hmm. Peter will have to repeatedly choose to stay on it. Yeah, as any human would have to. Yeah, even though the the path does contain an aspect of something where or a place where you do not want to go yeah um and that's very similar of course to the um saul becoming paul's story yeah yeah exactly yeah, you had your career ambitions your roman citizen pharisee yada, yada. guess what you're gonna die and early and painfully after serving a lot of time in prison yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah uh um so yeah what a, what an interesting this story doesn't get very much attention um I think, uh, because it's not one of the very well-known boating fishing stories right. that we cover um, uh, uh, throughout the year. Uh, and I don't, I think we do only get it in year C. Um, I think, well, I don't know. Because it sure. doesn't feel like crazy familiar. I mean, okay. I, I feel like we've done this once before, now that mm -hmm. we've been doing this for three years. Yeah. But one, like, it feels like one of those where we've done it once. That very well could be. <laughs> so, um, but... Uh, but yeah, what a, what an interesting uh, interaction, and one can kind of understand why uh, uh, the author of John might circle back to it, uh, especially if a version of the book circulated. You can imagine, like just like a, a, a modern day author, you'll get fans coming mm -hmm. up to you, be like, "But what happened to Simon? Yeah, <laughs> what happened to Simon Peter? He denied Jesus. Did he?" Did they yeah. reconcile? There was even, and, oh well, yeah, they did. There's a whole story. I didn't write it down though. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I should have. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah, all right. Um, and, oh, you've got to. Here's 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 some money to <laughs> get the scribes working. Yeah, yeah. Get, get the, 
Start working on it. Yeah. Yeah. And a summer stipend. To, you just go go <laughs> take your sabbatical. Take yeah, take write it down. <laughs> let us know. Uh gotta know. Gotta know what happened. And, and that's a lot more favorable than the um scholarly presumption that there was a little bit of a rebellion brewing about we're the people of the beloved disciple. And you people of Peter are the guys that are following the one who uh, who um, denied Christ and was never redeemed. Yeah, that makes it does make a lot of sense the other way though too. Uh, so I, that that would be yours is happier. I <laughs> I like happy. Let's go with happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, with that, I think we'll call to a close this your podcast for May first, twenty twenty two, the third Sunday of Easter in Year C. Uh, we look forward to worshiping with you, uh, whichever way uh, fits your uh, your schedule, uh, whether it's uh, 8 and 10 live and in person on Sunday morning uh, or uh, online at our HFEC videos on YouTube. The 10 o'clock service will be broadcast live and be available thereafter on demand, on demand, uh, free of charge. And you might can- I add? No ads. So and feel free to share your passwords. No, right. don't do that. <laughs> you don't want other people seeing what else you search on YouTube. So let's all admit that that's the case. Uh, and until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.